Hey everybody, it's Charles from HumbleMechanic.com. Today I'm taking your questions on scan tools, water leaks, ECMs, and more. This is episode 207 of the Humble Mechanic Podcast. All right, in order to get a question on a show like this, email me, charles, at HumbleMechanic.com. Put question for Charles in the subject like all these folks did. Ask the question right at the top. Hit the enter button a couple times, give me some space, and give me the details. That helps out so much when I'm answering your questions. Also, if you don't see your question on a show like this, be sure to check out the quick videos playlist on YouTube. All right, let's talk about sponsor of the day, which is CRP Automotive. CRP deals in a ton of OE maintenance and repair parts, timing belt kits, suspension components, and even fluids. In fact, they make the factory DSG fluid for Volkswagen and Audi. So check them out at crpautomotive.com. All right, three really quick things before I get into your questions. Thing number one, the audio-only version of shows like this is coming out very, very soon. Be on the lookout. It'll be on iTunes. It'll be on Stitcher, Google Play, of course, and you can always check them out at HumbleMechanic.com. Tony, you guys have been asking me for it. I've been trying to do it for a really long time. It's finally happening. I'm super excited about it. There'll be more information coming soon. Actually, the first seven or so episodes are already on the blog. I'll put a link down in the description. You can go there and listen to them. They are very little edited from what they were way back when, and uh, just an intro-outro kind of thing to let you guys know that, hey, this was from you know almost three years ago. As far as when the new ones come out, I'm gonna try and put the audio out on the day the video comes out, and then the rest of the week we'll just be catching up from past episodes, so super, super excited about that. Thing number two, if you see a question and you wanna skip right to the question, scroll down in the description and hit the timestamp, it'll take you right there. Also, if you want exclusive content, videos, and discounts that you can't get anywhere else, check out the Crew Membership Program. It's a great way to help support the show, to get awesome discounts to places like Black Forest, Eastwood, Sonic Tools, MT Knives, Eurowise, MyCanic, and more. Hit that up, check that out. You also get downloads of the VW Audi training manuals that we build for our VW Audi training classes. All right, with that wrapped, get to the questions. First one comes from James. What do I need with regards to resources, i.e. scan tool, factory instructions, etc., in order to install and program a new ECM on a Mark 7 GTI? Would I need a VAGCOM cable and supporting software? Would I need access to the factory service manual to follow the correct procedures? Would my OBD-11 be enough to get the job done? Thanks, James. James, great question. So, we're talking Mark 7, newest of the new. What do we need to do as far as getting an ECM programmed? Basically, this question is, can I and how do I DIY replacing an ECM? Well, there are ways you can DIY this ECM. The actual remove and install or remove and replace of part is very easy, right? Some of them have that uh, security cover on them. Most of them, you just unplug it, take it out, and put the new one in. Minutes, minutes, minutes of work. Disconnecting the battery is really the best practice, but not 100% necessary. The hangup comes in programming said ECM. This ECM is going to come to you in a box. It's going to be blank as far as what it needs from the vehicle. And the way it works at the dealership is this. We run a full scan on the car with a scan tool, factory scan tool with Otis, right? We run the full scan. We go in, there's test procedures that we do, you know, replace ECM. The computer extracts the old information from the old ECM. We swap the ECMs. It then downloads information into the new ECM. Then we dial up the mothership Volkswagen and 
download all the immobilizer stuff into it that way. Sometimes that's all done all at once, but usually it's one test, but many, many, many steps. So the factory scan tool does a lot for you. Let's be honest, it does a lot for us, right? Um, how do you as a DIYer execute that? Well, to be honest, you're probably not going to. Um, or if you are, you're gonna spend way more money than it's gonna cost to just drop it off and have it done. The problem comes in with the immobilizer. Most of the other information you can transfer over yourself, probably with your OBD-11, definitely with your VADCOM, so things like long coding, uh, adaptations, all that stuff should be able to be pretty easily transferred with VADCOM, probably with OBD-11. It's the immobilizer and component protection portion that those two tools are not gonna get it done. Those are the systems where we have to dial up VW Mothership and have it downloaded into the car. Um, there's probably other ways to do that. There's a product called Bag Taco, I think, that I know worked on the older stuff. I don't know if it works on this newest generation stuff. It may or it may not, but you're talking $1,000 to buy that. If you are planning on doing this at scale, good investment. Probably something I should look at too. If you're doing one, if you're replacing your ECM one time, it's gonna cost you call 150 bucks to have the ECM swapped out. I don't think that that's a smart way to spend your car money. 150 bucks versus you know 1,000 bucks, no brainer, pay someone else to get it done. Jobs like this aren't going to become any easier either. You know, we're talking an ECM, your gateways, your uh, electrics modules, all vital, vital modules in the car. They're all right now or very soon becoming component protected which means in order to make them do anything, you have to dial up the mothership and for lack of a better way to explain it, unlock them and then program them to the car. But this is, this is going to be very common on many, many modules. Even Audi, a lot of them are starting to become component protected. ECMs, TCMs, right? Uh, the 5F modules and the Volkswagens, the, uh, the radio modules, all component protected. And it's only going to become more and more and more. This is Two, two things I take away from this. One, as a DIYer, it's gonna be really hard to do anything electrical on these cars now and going forward. As an independent shop, boy, I'd be really considering finding a scan tool that did that kind of stuff. You know, depending on how much that work you do, I think Otis is a great tool. It works really, really well for what it is. It's frustrating as hell sometimes, but um, it, it works, it does what it's supposed to do. So had, if I ran an independent shop focused on VW Audi, I would buy Otis. Let me just put it to you that way. So James, unfortunately, I wish I had a better answer. I wish there was a $100 tool that you could buy and just slap it right in or plug it in and make it work. But in this case, with this new generation car, I don't think that that's the case. If anybody knows any reasonable solution, Let's let James know. Again, spending $1,000 seems silly to me to do this one time. Spending 200 bucks, 300 bucks, a little bit more comfortable with that. But if you guys know of any other solutions on the newer stuff, drop it down in the comments. All right, next up comes from Nelson. Where can the water I'm finding on my passenger side floorboard be coming from? Hey Charles, my name is Nelson. I have an 09 GTI. I recently noticed that I'm getting water coming in from somewhere and it's making its way directly into the passenger side floorboard in front of the seat. I do have a sunroof, but the tracks are dry and the A-pillars are dry. The carpet near the bulkhead is also bone dry and the door seals are dry as well. So I'm kind of stumped as to where it could be coming from. Thanks in advance, love the show, Nelson. Nelson, uh, actually there's a lot of places that it could come from. 
Sunroof is definitely the most common. Even if you're not seeing water stains in the headliner, even if you're not seeing it up at the, um, the top of the A-pillar, it depends on where the water's coming out, right? It can be lower, it can be low, the lower part of the drain can be clogged, and that can back it up where the connection is and water can get into the passenger side of the floorboard. So I'm going to say that sunroof is number one. Now here's some other things we have to consider when dealing with water leaks. Okay, we have the roof, we have the windshield, we have the doors and windows. We need to look at where we're parking. Are we parking flat? Are we parking with the nose of the car down? If we're parking with the nose of the car down, we may have a leak further back, and that water is just coming forward because of the way we're parked. So there's multiple places that this leak could be coming from with water landing on the passenger side floorboard. Here's a couple of other things you want to look at. The AC drain. This is a really, not super common, but boy does it pump a lot of water into the floorboard, the passenger side floorboard of your car. If you take that plastic trim off the lower A-pillar, pull the carpet back, pull the padding back, you or, or take the center console side cover off. I don't like messing with this one because it's kind of pain to get it perfectly back on. I like dealing with this side. You could probably pull the carpet at the very top underneath where like the glove box is back enough to see if that drain is maybe hanging into the cabin rather than going out to the car. It could be clogged, backfilling that way. There's a handful of things. Also, look at your windshield. If you don't have a factory windshield, the odds of that windshield leaking are pretty good. I had a windshield put in my cabbie one time and it leaked about five seconds after the guy put it in. Uh, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it leaked like the next day, the first time it rained, there was water coming down the windshield. So depending on where the aftermarket windshield may have been put in or what kind it is, it, it may be what's causing it. We can also look for seams and gaps in the body. This is not very common at all, but it does happen. And I feel like if there were a body gap, you would have seen this leak, oh, eight years ago when the car was brand new. So I'm thinking it's either the sunroof, the windshield, or the AC drain is not installed properly. Again, that one can just, it can pump so much water into the floorboard of a car, especially summertime, we're running our AC all the time. It can just flood, flood, flood. I mean, you'll have standing water, standing water in, uh, in, in the passenger side of your car. So how do we find it? The sunroof is actually pretty easy. I would wanna pull that carpet away from that lower A pillar, open your sunroof. If you can, park with the nose of the car down a little bit. At the front of the track, there's two holes right where the A pillars go. They like point to the A pillars. You wanna find those holes and you take a bottle of water and just pour enough to fill that track. You don't need a lot. Just put enough to so it goes down that drain hole and see where the water goes. If the water comes out the bottom, we're good. If the water comes out inside the car, that's your leak. Now you need to find exactly where that leak is and give it a fix. Either glue the hoses together or attach the hose. It may have just simply come apart. Clean it, flush it, and then you're good to go. You can do the exact same thing with the windshield. It takes a little more water with the windshield than it does with the sunroof. The best practice for this is to still pull that carpet back, okay? Have someone with a garden hose with the sprayer on it, and you get in the car with the carpet pulled back and have them just douse, 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 douse the windshield. You want this water to come up and down. If it's leaking when it's raining, up and down. If you go to the car wash and blast it in there, 
you may not find it because the water's got to go a certain way in order for it to leak properly. So um, leak properly, right? That sounds weird. That's the approach I'd take. I'd first check the AC drain, then I would check the sunroof, then I would check the windshield. If it's not one of those things, you are just going to have to dig until you find it. No, those are the three common ones. That water leak that I said with the hose sprayer works really good to find water leaks. You can have just have a friend come over, buy him some beer, buy her some beer, and have him just stand there like this for, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so in order to find that leak. So good luck, man. Hey, when you find out what the problem was, post it down in the comments and let us know what you found. All right, next up comes from Wade. What are concerns or possible issues should I look for before purchasing a 2006 VW 4Motion Passat 3.6 with the DSG? Hey Charles, hope all is well in your neck of the woods. Super big thanks for all you do for us DIYers. I'm looking to purchase an 06 Passat 3.6 with the DSG. It only has 115K on the odometer and a few typical dings here and there. It is missing the keys so I can't hear it run. My biggest concern, yeah, I would say. Tire wear looks even, oil level looks like it should be fine. The guy I'm purchasing it from got it from Copart, so that's why there aren't any keys, I guess. I'm pretty confident in auto repair and I'm getting a great deal on it, 550 bucks. That is a pretty good deal. I know for the price I'm okay with pulling the trigger. I would just like to know what known issues there are. Thanks again for all you do, Wade. Uh, ooh, okay, so uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think that that Passat had a DSG. I'm pretty sure that Passat had a six-speed automatic. Pretty much irrelevant, I guess, in some ways. Some ways it's not. Um, but double check on the DSG thing. We're going back 11 years, so I'm not 100% sure, but I know the non-four motions were not DSG, and I'm pretty sure the four motions were just regular automatics. All right, so what are we going to look for? Well, this stinks that we can't hear it run, because that would, of course... Well, we can't even turn the key on, right? We don't have a key, so we can't do anything. This, if we're like two grand, three grand, I would have a big red flag that I would be holding up. Even at 500 bucks, eh, I don't know. 500 bucks, I feel like you'll never be truly hurt in a car. You can always get your money for it, even if you end up scrapping it. But this is a huge, 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 right? Huge dice roll on what we're going to get. The 3.6 by and large, is a pretty good engine. The problem is, the problems it has are big dollars. So on an 06, I would expect, if it hasn't already been addressed, this vehicle to have chain stretch, which means that you're going to run into a number of problems. Timing faults, oil pump, uh, oil pressure delivery. The biggest one we really started to see lately is fuel pressure issues. The high pressure fuel pump is driven by the timing chain on this car, and as that chain stretches, it actually doesn't drive the fuel pump properly, so you'll end up getting low fuel rail pressure concerns. So that's a that's a big one, right? That's transmissions coming out and chains are getting done, so that may steer you in another way. Uh, electrical issues, of course, a car that's sitting, a car we can't turn on, airbag issues, seat wiring uh, underneath the driver and passenger seat for the airbags, clock springs, axles, brakes, you know, normal car stuff is, is all pretty common. The two big things I'd be concerned about were the timing chains and either valve body, if it's definitely a six-speed, which I'm like 95% sure it is, or mechatronics unit if it's a DSG. Both common common, common failures, and on a car you can't start, you don't know. You can't turn it on, you can't see what lights are on, or anything like that. 
The little knick-knacky kind of electrical issues, like a door latch not working, who cares? It's a $500 car. If you can get a key, get it programmed, it's going to cost you $300 something, probably $250, $300. Fire it on and drive it, good, 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 good. Then what we're going to do, we're going to do the basics. We're going to test the battery, probably clean the coolant, flush the coolant, probably flush the brake fluid. Uh, run a full scan on the car. VADCOM is going to be your friend here. Don't use a generic scanner. Use something specific. Talk to all the modules and see who has a problem and where their problem may be. The good thing is the all-wheel drive systems in these are fantastic. I've never had an issue ever, ever, ever on one of those cars with their 4Motion system. I'm not going to say they're bulletproof, but I am going to say they're pretty darn good. So I would expect that you'll probably find about a third of those issues that I mentioned. If the chains were addressed, the reason it was probably addressed is because early, early variants of that Passat had problems with the oil pump bolt. And what would happen is, you know, you cruise along, you start to hear some chatter, and then you do your diagnosis and you'd find the oil pump bolt backed out like yay far, you hit the timing cover, broke. I've seen a couple of them broke. That was really common on the very early 3.6s. But by and large, the 3.6 was actually quite a bit better than the BPY ever really could hope to be. So not a bad car. It's got a lot of electronics in it that were finicky back for then. Now, with unknown condition, could be, could be problematic still too. All right, last one of the day comes from Dan. What scanner do you recommend? I have a 15 Camry, a 15 Accord, and an 11 Tundra. I have a very simple scanner, over 10 years old. A box with three buttons. I have a coworker who can read different modules and fuel trims and such. I do my own oil changes, timing belt, valve adjustments. Do you have to do valve adjustments on any of those cars? Uh, that would be crazy to me. Parts replacement and troubleshooting. Last year, my 2000 or Y2K, thank you for writing it, I love that, Accord I drove to 300K. The only breakdown I could not fix was the trans going out at 140. A friend of mine bought the Blue Driver professional OBD scan tool for iPhone, and he's happy with it. What tool is less than 300 bucks or so that would give me the most bang for my buck on Toyotas and Hondas? Thanks, Dan. P.S. Really enjoy the videos, especially the more general pair. Mechanicing ones. I never worked on VW, but I've always done my own mechanic work out of necessity. Good mechanics are hard to find and bad ones are expensive. And sadly, the bad ones are usually easier to find and easier to get appointments with than the good ones. So Dan, um, okay, I'm not an expert on scan tools for Toyotas and Hondas. You can probably go from the $100 Blue Driver up to the $10,000 Snap-on Modus, right? That's, that's the range. If this were me, and the one that I use when I'm not working on a VW or Audi, is that exact Blue Driver that your buddy bought or your coworker bought. Um, it, I did a review on it. I'll try and find a link and put it in the description. I walked through some stuff on our car. I'm pretty sure it was our Tiguan. Could have been my Passat. I don't really remember. It was a while ago. And it works really well. It's, it's app-driven, so you just push buttons on your phone. It connects right away. I had the other day, my neighbor came over and asked me if I would check his check engine light for him. I grabbed the, I had to dig it out of the toolbox right here. I grabbed the blue driver, walked over, plugged it in, connected to it, and pulled the faults up. Gave me all the parameters, everything I needed. Good to go. Very, very easy to use, very user-friendly, and it's only 100 bucks. If I can find an Amazon link to it, I'll drop that down in the description. So for $100, it's a fantastic tool. It's universal enough that you can talk to just about anything but I think they actually do go quite a bit deeper into Honda and Toyota. So that's sort of like the lower end of what I would be looking at. There are some in that $300 ballpark that 
are going to work really, really well. One that I found that seems to do pretty good as far as reviews. Now, to be fair, I've never used it, so I can't go real deep into the functionality, the user interface or anything like that, but it's talking all cars, all modules, and that's going to be the big thing. That's going to be the Autel Maxi Diag MD802 Elite comes in right at 300 bucks. This is what you want to think of. Of course, how much does it cost? That plays into it. We want to look at what does it do? Can you talk to every module in the car or are you only limited to the things that are required by OBD? You want to be able to talk to everything, especially if you're spending $300. So you want to be able to talk to airbag. You want to be able to talk to door latch modules if, if they have those or trunk modules or convenience modules or everything like that. So try and look to make sure that if you're spending 300 bucks, it can do all of that. I'll try and link down to this Autel one that I found that seems pretty good uh, down in the description as well. So guys, here's another area where I think asking the community is going to draw so many awesome answers. So I'm going to put it out to you guys. For that $300 price range, a universal all module scan tool, what do you think's the best one out there? What have you personally used and had really good results with. All right, guys, I'm gonna wrap it up there. Questions, comments, you know what to do. If you like the video, give it a thumbs up. Always appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe right here on YouTube. Check out the audio version coming soon on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also subscribe on the blog at humblemechanic.com. If you wanna help support the show, get exclusive content, as well as discounts to places like S&P Automotive, MyCanic, MT9, Eurowise, Eastwood, and more. Check out the crew membership program. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Snapchat. All right, guys. Hey, thanks so much for watching, and I'll see you next time.